Well, good morning. It is good to be with you guys after having spent a little bit of time in New Mexico this week with one of our mission partners, Faith Comes by Hearing. And today really marks for us uh, a change and a shift in some things about what we're talking about uh, and what we're getting ready for this week. Uh, today we're going to be talking about giving beyond your grasp. And this is no surprise to anybody who's been part of our mission conferences in the past. Uh, every year uh, we stop and take time to study giving from the scripture. And if you happen to be new with us this morning, this might be the part of the sermon where you would expect me to say that I'm sorry that you chose to come. I'm not going to do that because I'm not sorry that you chose to come on a day when we're talking about giving. Let me tell you why. Giving has been used by God and finances have been used by God to shape my faith journey incredibly. And I think that God does that. It's a test in our lives. And you'll never find anyone who loves giving who ever is bothered when we talk about giving. And I think that's why Global Focus is so important to Judson. You guys have taken up the idea of giving as being important because you tangibly are able to see the result of your investment made into God's kingdom work. And it's really exciting for us to do that. And what we do at Judson called Global Focus, that's how we do our missions at Judson. We call it Global Focus. It's not new to us. We were mentored in this process many years ago by Decatur Baptist Church in Alabama. And what we do is uh, we want to do three different types of giving every year when it comes to Global Focus. Now, we've already done the first type of giving, and that's that we've taken all of the ministry item needs that our partners requested from us. That was out on our big board, and there were cards out there that you took, and you gave them things. You've already collected those things, and you'll be bringing them back on the 23rd, and that's really important. But that's honestly the easiest way that we give, truthfully. It's really easy to run and, and buy a $100 gift. It's really easy to go in your Sunday school class and come up with some things that you want to do and give to one of our partners. But the next way we give is actually one of the bigger ways, and that's towards our one-day missions giving project. And it's an offering that goes to specifically fund a task. You, you got in your bulletin this week an envelope, and in that envelope, uh, it's for our 2018 mission special offering, $80,000. We're trying to raise $80,000 and give that Next Sunday morning, all at one time, and we'll announce that goal, whether we met it or not, on Sunday night. But $80,000, you say, well, what's $80,000 going to? That $80,000 is going to two of our mission partners. One of them is called Pioneer Bible Translators. Greg Pruitt will be speaking with us next week, and he's going to be telling you about how they're working to make sure that all people get the Bible in their language. We learned this week that so far, uh, our other mission partner, Faith Comes by Hearing, who takes the Bible that has been translated and then records it, they've recorded over 1,200 languages for people to be able to hear the Word of God in their own language. That's an amazing thing. That's awesome. But guess what? 5,000 languages around the world have no Bible in their own language. 5,000. So Faith Comes by Hearing and Pioneer Bible Society, they work really hard to do that. Faith Comes by Hearing takes that and they put them on these little boxes. They're called proclaimers. And what they do is that they take the scripture, and it's probably not going to work just because I wanted it to, but let's see. Oh. The Gospel of Matthew. So that someone can hear it in their own language. Now, you've got to think about that. What would it be like to have been told your whole life that God didn't speak your language because you weren't worth it? 
that you weren't worth it because God didn't speak your language, that you were a nothing, a nobody. Faith Comes By Hearing does that. And that cost about $35,000. So with this $80,000 that we raise next week, we're going to be making sure that the Toma people hear the word of God in their own language. That's an amazing thing for us to be able to do. We'll finish the actual translation with Pioneer Bible and then be able to send that on. So that's an important thing for us. And I know $80,000 is a huge number for us. It requires a lot of sacrifice from all of us to get there. But the hardest way that we give every year, and at least for us to grasp, I think, is the idea of promise giving through faith promise giving. Faith promise giving is how we fund all of our mission partners throughout the year. And if we give our partners gifts and take up $80,000 for a gospel translation, all of that's really good, but it falls short of our purpose. We need to be making sure that we're ready to send our partners out into the field so that they can focus on the ministry and the purpose of sharing the gospel, the good news with people all around the world. So I want to start by saying this morning what faith promise giving is not. Faith promise giving is not the same thing as a tithe. Uh, Tithing is commanded by God in the Old Testament, commended by Jesus in the New Testament. And a tithe is 10% of a believer's income given to the local church for the operation and ministry of that church. And we often study about tithing in the book of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Don't turn there. We're going to run through a couple of scriptures before we get to our landing point this morning. But Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. This passage of scripture and the surrounding verses teach us about obedience and tithing. Tithing is not optional for the believer. If you call yourself a believer, it's not an optional thing for you to think about, to consider. It's commanded. In fact, the scripture says, if you don't tithe, you're stealing from God. He says, why would a man rob God in the verses preceding this? It's a very heavy, heavy thing for us to consider. And so we need to say this. If you're thinking about giving to missions this morning, stop and tithe first. If you're not tithing, you've got to get the tithe right. Blessing always follows obedience. Have you ever heard me say that? Blessing always follows obedience. And if you want to be blessed by God, you have to obey him in each and everything. You have to obey him in the little things and the big things. And as scriptures revealed to us and we understand it, we have to obey God. So you can't steal from God and get a blessing. Now that may sound daunting to think about tithing, but let me just say this. Talk to any person who's learned the gift of tithing, because that's really what it is. When God gives us that, what he's saying to us is you can live better on 90% than you can on 100%. You absolutely can. I can witness that to you myself, and many people in this room could as well. So once we begin to faithfully steward our money by tithing, then we move to the next phase of giving, and that's giving to an offering like we're taking up Sunday morning. That's what this is. It's an offering. In the scripture, we're commanded to give tithes and offerings. That's what it is. It's above your tithe. After you've tithed, it's something that you set aside in your heart to give, and that's meeting a specific need. But after that, we get to something that we call faith-promised giving and that's our subject today we fund all of our mission efforts this way since we started global focus many years ago we have now given over one and a half million dollars to the gospel causes around the world I want you to think about that in the last seven years over one and a half million dollars has left this church to go around the world now when we talk about that that's really important at the end of this service we're going to be voting on an annual budget 
And all of that works to stay within the church. Those are the things we use to operate in the church. But when we talk about faith promise giving and global focus giving, we don't buy couches for the student area or, or fund things within the church or, or give the staff a, a, a job or, or a raise out of that. We don't do any of that. All of that comes from our regular budget. When we talk about faith promise giving and global focus, all of that goes out of this church around the world so that we can make a difference. So how do we do it? Well, it starts with an understanding of three basic principles. And if we understand this, I think it guides us. Number one is this. God loves all the people in the world. When the scripture tells us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, we understand that word in our Bible translations as nations. But the same word is translated nation, language, people group. It's the same word in Greek. It's the exact same They're not thinking about geographic nations, although that's certainly part of it, but it's all the peoples of the world. That's why we work so hard, and we believe that because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So let me ask you a question, and I want you to just shake your head really big. Do you believe that God loves all the people of the world? There you go. Number two, God has unlimited resources to reach the world. God has unlimited resources to reach the world. We see this in the scripture. Let me read this for you from the Psalms. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. Let me help you with something. God doesn't need you for anything. If you're sitting around thinking this morning how important you are to God, stop. He doesn't need you for anything. If I were hungry, would I have to tell you to fix me something to eat is what he says. Not a bit. I own it all. So do you believe that God owns everything just right here? Yes. He owns it all. Then the third principle that guides our thinking has to be that God channels all of these resources through his own people. Let me read from the Psalms again. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce, God. Our God blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. God channels his resources through people like you and me so that the peoples of the world can know that he loves them. And God does that and blesses us so that we can be a blessing to the world. Do you believe that God channels his resources so that you can be a blessing? Shake your head just like this. That, that's where we're at this morning as we come to faith promise giving. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians And we're going to be in chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're going to look at a passage of scripture that guides our thinking in terms of giving to our mission partners all around the world. I can't think of anything more important for us to be dealing with this week than how we're going to fund the gospel mission all around the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we'll start in verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Now, brethren... We wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints, and this, not as we had expected, But they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. 
Now, some people read this passage of Scripture and they've tried to make a case for what they call grace-based giving. What they say is, you know, we're not bound by the Old Testament anymore, and that simply doesn't logically make sense. Jesus came and set us free from the law of sin and death, and his grace and his righteousness allows us to fulfill the law. You can't fulfill the Ten Commandments on your own. Let me help you with that. It's only by God's grace. Secondly, we say, well, this doesn't make sense because God tells us that we're to give 10% of our income. Jesus commended it. And so when we talk about this, this isn't a tithe. Obviously, he's saying this was an offering given by some churches to take care of some saints who were in need. And they were in great need. Abject poverty seemed to be going on. And Paul is reporting about this offering that was taken from the churches to relieve this poverty of the saints. And as I pointed out at the beginning of the message, offerings don't replace our tithe. They're given over and above our tithe. And as Paul wrote to this church at Corinth, he mentioned some Christians from Macedonia. The Macedonian church mentioned is interesting. Paul gives us a little bit of insight and says that they were poor. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't live at an elite level. There weren't many people in the country club at the church of Macedonia. They were really in dire straits. Times were really, really tight for them. And yet, they gave. In verse 3, we learn that they gave according to their ability and then beyond their ability. Now, you think about that. What does it mean to give according to our ability? Well, you and I can do that. I can give according to what I have in my wallet today. It's never very much. My wife doesn't let me keep very much in my wallet because she knows that money flows through my hands like water. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? There's always a spender and a saver in the family. I happen to be the spender. So I don't have a lot of money in my wallet. I could give that, though. That would be according to my ability. But then it goes to another level when you give according beyond your ability, right? When you give something that's beyond your ability. In verse 5, Paul tells us the secret of how this worked. He says that the church first gave themselves over to God. And that has to be a very striking and important statement for us. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, this isn't a haphazard endeavor for us to, to enter into. What we have to do is, is to first give ourselves to the Lord. We have to give all of our hearts to the Lord. And that's a great place for us to start this morning. Just to ask the question that we've been asking over the last few weeks as we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount. Does God have all of you right now? Does he really have all of you? Is there part of you that, that you're holding back? Are, are, are you playing the game this morning? Are you kind of walking in the religious kind of uh, facade of being a person who shows up on Sunday morning, but, but your life here isn't matching what, it, what you say it is when you leave here. That's a really important thing for us. This church decided that they were going to give themselves to the Lord before they did anything else, and that's so crucial for us to understand. If God's going to use us, he's got to have us. He's got to have all of our hearts. He won't share his glory with us. It's got to be all of us. We can't hold back. But after they gave themselves to the Lord, they did something amazing. Verse 5 also says that they gave themselves to the apostles. They gave themselves to Paul. In the same way, we're asking you to do the same thing this week. Give yourself fully to God this week. Fully give yourself to God. And then give yourself to our mission partners. When you see them, let your hearts go out to them. Let your hearts be stirred by them. Don't be cold this morning. Let me give you a warning this morning. You have an opportunity to miss something great this week. You have an opportunity to miss something great. If you're cold this morning, if you hold back this morning, don't give yourself to the Lord, there's going to be blessing flowing all around this place this week as we interact with our mission partners and hear about what God's doing all around the world. And some of you are so unimpressed with what God's doing. You won't make time to show up. You won't make time to give. You won't make time to engage 
And while the blessing's falling on the rest of us, you'll sit over there cold and you'll miss it. You've got to give yourself to the Lord. And then give yourself to our mission partners. You have to do it. Now I want you to look down at verse 9 with me. Paul says that what happened was amazing. He says, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. This is the model that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us as he emptied himself of all that was rightfully his and took on flesh to die in our place on a cross. We just sang it. The Lamb of God in whose place? My place. Were you able to sing that this morning? Were you able to sing the Lamb of God in my place because you fully understood that had Jesus not died in your place, it would have been your death to die? Well, you may not have ever understood that this morning. You may have never heard that that's exactly what Jesus did. You see, when you understand that Jesus died in your place, then you can understand that you've been cleansed. You've been saved. That's the good news of the gospel, and we believe that everyone deserves to hear that. Jesus thought it was so important that he emptied himself of everything that was rightfully his and came and died in my place and your place. And as he did so, he gave us a model for how we're to engage with the gospel. As we think about what we have or we think about what we could rightfully claim as our own, we have to question whether or not we've ever given to something where it actually cost us something. Do you think that Jesus' death on the cross cost him something? Do you think that it cost him something for his blood to be spilled in your place? Have you ever given anything that cost you something? I'm not talking about just giving kind of flippantly. I'm talking about where you get to the place where you sit down and you have to make some hard choices. You may say tithing has cost you something, but that's different than what's happening here. When we give this way, this type of giving changes things. You have to adjust some things in your life so that others might become rich in salvation. We may have to become poor in some other areas of our lives. Look at verse 10. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now finish doing it also, so that just as there was readiness uh, to desire it, so there may be also completion of your ability. What he's saying is, I'm reminding you, church at Corinth, the Macedonians got it right. And you guys wanted to be part of this. You dedicated yourself to be part of it. And now I'm asking you to finish it and complete the work. There's several distinctives that emerge here. Number one, this offering that they were giving was above the tithe, as we've mentioned. Number two, rather than a one-time offering collected, it was collected over a one-year period. That's exactly what we do with Global Focus. We ask you to give above the tithe over a year as you commit to it. Number three, it was given in faith. Now, in your bulletin, you got this card right here. And it kind of outlines what a faith promise offering is. And I want you to make sure that you take this home. If you're a person like me who normally doesn't get a bulletin because you're never worried about what's going on and, you know, you don't sing any of the songs anyway. I'm teasing. That's bad. You, you don't have to know the order of worship. You don't get a bulletin. Could you get a bulletin before you leave, please? Could you make sure you stop and get a bulletin? I, I want you to take every, every family needs to take this card home because it's going to guide you as you pray about some things this week. This is how we fund what we believe our calling is to accomplish the Great Commission. We're asking you to give above the time throughout the year and to give by 
faith. When you look at this card, we want you to do so in faith. The faith, the faith promise offering is really an act of faith. It's an exercise of faith that allows us to grow. Now, in chapter 9, if you were just to kind of look down into chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, I want you to keep reading in verse 6 because he's talking about the same thing. He's not stopped this whole thing, but he says something amazing in verse 6. I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do according to uh, just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. There's a biblical principle at work here. It's an agricultural principle, isn't it? Of sowing and reaping, scattering seed and getting a return on that. Now, I want to be really clear about this. This is not a money-making scheme. You did not hear me say, as you give to this, God's going to triple the money in your bank account. You didn't hear me say that. The Apostle Paul didn't say that. God may do that. If he were to choose to do that, that would be fine. But that's not the promise that's given here. What is he talking about when he says that those who scatter liberally will also reap liberally? It's the harvest of souls. Now, if you were excited thinking about your bank account getting better, you got to stop and check yourself. Because what gets you more excited? Money or souls? Now, if we're being honest, because we're in church, we definitely say souls. But we may have to delve into our own wickedness of our heart Because the truth of it is, we all like money. And it's a struggle for us. And this exercise of faith comes against that. And we ask you to do something amazing. We ask you to walk in faith and see that God's going to do that. And over the next few weeks, we want you to take this faith promise card and go before the Lord and begin to ask him a question to show you how much you should give. It's not a flippant thing. Verse 7 is clear. It's an offering that we want you to give. You need to do it because God impressed it on your heart. You need to do it because you want to give joyfully with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. But here's the question that you're asking. We want you to ask this question. What would God give through me this year that he wouldn't give to me? What would God give through you this year that he wouldn't give to you? That's a really important question for us. As God gives us resources, surely these resources aren't just for our own pleasantries. They're not just for us to take another vacation, buy more stuff, accumulate bigger houses, bigger barns, take our leave and just sit back and go, I'm really glad that I don't have to worry about that anymore. I've got everything I ever wanted. That's not the purpose, is it? Is that really why God blesses us? As you exercise your prayer life and go through this process, I want you to be thinking about this. This offering literally could change someone's life. What else are you going to do this week besides a gospel engagement that could change someone's eternity? And as you do this, you're not trying to figure out how much you can afford. It's not based on what you can do. You're asking God how much he might give through you. Another way that you might ask it is to say, by faith, I endeavor to give this much to global missions this year. That's what's on the front of the card, by faith. 
Why? Because of verse 8 in chapter 9. Look at it again. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in everything, you might have an abundance for every good deed. This grace comes to us sufficiently, giving us an abundance for the good deeds of the gospel. And we approach the faith promise offering in perhaps three different ways. And you say, well, I'm not really sure how a faith promise offering might work. Let me give you three different ways that God might use this in your life as you begin to pray about it. The first would be this, better stewardship. Better stewardship. So it might be that as you look at your faith promise offering and you begin to look at this, God impresses upon your heart that you can be a better steward of the resources that he's given you. And you determine to give more to Global Focus by a change in lifestyle on purpose, knowing that every dollar you don't spend on yourself or don't spend on eating out, or don't spend on taking another vacation this year, is going to be used by God to further the mission. This way of thinking really puts our value system to work. Because what do we say about our value system? We say that we value the eternal more than the temporal. Do you? Do we? I mean, do we really value the eternal more than the temporal? Have you changed your lifestyle to reflect that, or is it just a sentimental kind of thing that we say, well, yeah, we want to put things where moth and rust won't destroy? Really? If we're doing that, then that means we're giving to the mission that God thinks is important. The second way that you might do it after better stewardship is through innovative ideas. Sometimes God gives you an innovative idea or he gives you, uh, you know, an opportunity to work an extra job or through the dedication of increased business profits. You know, you, you might just say, Lord, in my business this year, anything we make over this, it's yours. That's a bold statement, isn't it? God, you can have it. It will be yours. Uh, or, or you leverage a skill that's been lying dormant for a while and you say, you know, I can use this. I, I can moonlight a little bit here and, and I can do something, God, that by faith, if you would allow me to do it, we could really change the world through this mission offering this year. You might be one of our teenagers this morning and you might say, you know what, I, I'm going to go around my neighborhood and I'm just going to find out if I can rake leaves for somebody, babysit for somebody, clean a gutter, do whatever it takes. And anything I do in that, I'm giving it to the Lord. It's the Lord's. It's dedicated beforehand to the Lord by faith. Better stewardship, innovative ideas. The last way that you might do it is through unexpected gifts or incomes because sometimes God gives us money in unusual ways that we couldn't have expected. As we pray over the mission's offering, God might lead us to an amount that he will supernaturally supply. And you can trust God to supply a specific amount in his own way. My family has given in each of these three ways mentioned above. We started early on by exercising better stewardship in our home. We determined that 10% of our income wasn't going to cut it if we were going to reach the world. And we wanted to increase that. And so we began to be better stewards so that we could live on less so that we could give more away. That was the starting point for us in Global Focus. Just trusting the Lord that he would supply all that we needed and that if we were faithful to be good stewards of what he gave us, then we could give more to missions. One year we had some innovative ideas We felt like God was asking to give an amount that was humanly impossible for us to give. It literally wasn't, it wasn't a, there was no way that we could do it. I had just uh, been given uh, some setbacks through some medical bills that were piling up and things like that when it came time to the faith, uh, faith promise offering and it just wasn't available. There was no way that it could happen and yet we felt like God told us a very specific amount. We had to trust him in faith. And in fact, we had bought a car because we were thinking we were going to replace a car. We decided to sell the car we bought instead and dedicated any profit that we made over the car to the missions offering. 
three or four weeks later, that car sold, and we were able to give money to the missions offering. We sold a piece of furniture out of our house, and in six weeks, the entire amount had been paid. And guess what? I didn't give a dollar of it. Not one of it came from something that I did. It wasn't because I was so smart and I figured it out. God, God brought it to us. It was, it was through things. It didn't cost me anything because God was willing to give through what he wouldn't give to. Innovative ideas. We've also gone before the Lord and given unexpected income. For years, we've dedicated outside income. If God would provide opportunities that, that seemed unusual, we would just give that to the Lord. This year, in fact, as we were praying about our one-day offering, I was asked to speak at two different things that I've never been asked to speak at before, and it surpassed the amount that we had felt like God wanted us to give in our one-day offering. We dedicated it before it happened, you see. God, it's yours. If, if you open up opportunities this year, God, it's yours. We're just going to let it flow through our hands. We're not going to hold tightly to it. It's yours. And God provided the need. Why? Because you think God's serious about leveraging his promises? I own it all. I don't need you. If I'm hungry, I don't have to call you to get something to eat because I own the world, he says. And now he says, I want to give to you so that the world can be blessed, so that we become a conduit for what God's doing. Well, as a church, we've got to go before the Lord this week and spend time in prayer and ask the Lord to give us what we need to know for our faith promise offering. And we collect this over three weeks. You can bring the card back Sunday. You may not be finished praying. So there's two weeks after that that you can bring this card back. And notice this about it. This card's anonymous. It's anonymous. Nobody's going to call you and say, hey, why didn't you give? You, you, you said you were going to give $1,000 and you only gave $9.99. What, what are you doing? Give this. It, it's not, that's not how it works. Because it's by faith. Our mission partners are coming here this week by faith. They're believing that you're going to support them by faith. You know what none of them have been promised? A specific amount. Because we don't know how much God's going to give through us to them this year. So they come in faith and we operate in faith. And God does something amazing in our lives. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Pray over the commitment card. Bring it back. It's how we set this budget. But most importantly, I want you to really experience seeing with your own eyes the miracle of God giving through you to fund his mission. That's a game changer. Some of us have never taken that faith journey, and it's time for us to take that faith journey and really trust the Lord that he's going to do something through us this year that he wouldn't give to us. Can I ask you to do something? I want you to enter into a time of prayer with me. Father, as we close this service studying about what you have taught from the scripture, some of us, Lord, aren't ready to give to missions because we haven't started tithing yet. We've not been obedient, and it's time for us to be obedient. God, would you right now move on our hearts? Some of us have tithed, Lord, but we've never given an offering. And this coming Sunday, we know that you've led us to do that. But all of us, Lord, are looking at this faith promise card, knowing that it's a step of faith to trust you, to know what we should give. 
God, I pray that the truths of the scripture would resonate in our hearts and Holy Spirit, that you would give us faith to see how you're working. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.